Hello, this is Bevelizing Eyes, and welcome to Poetry Unraveled, featuring poets worldwide where we uncover the rawness of our inch words that reveal hidden truths, turning the human experience into moments of appreciation and bits of wisdom. Let's start unraveling. Welcome back, guys, to Poetry Unraveled, and this is your host, Bevelizing Eyes. And today we have a special guest. Her name on Instagram is Kat Costantino. Hey, Kat. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And today we are going to talk about her writing process. So first, Kat, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from. I am from Danbury, Connecticut. So East Coast too, just like you. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually been a writer my whole life. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I felt that writing was a major outlet for me. I had a wild imagination. And even my first grade teacher told my mom that I would probably be the next Stephen King because I loved writing horror stories. But as I got older, I couldn't finish stories very well. And I felt like poetry I mean, actually, it just came to me. I just started writing little poems all the time, and I felt like that was a much better way of writing for me. So ever since then, I've just been writing poems nonstop. That's very cool. I don't think I've ever met anyone that writes short stories since <laughs> they were little, because I honestly, I didn't start writing until I was in college. So really, really yeah. recent. But um that's very cool that you started that young. So you definitely have a long history with writing and poems. It's very cool. Thanks. So I would like for you to recite your poem first and just give a little brief synopsis of what it's about and then we can talk about it. I'll just give a little insight to what this poem was written about. Perfect. Um, this poem was inspired by being kind and being gentle in a not so gentle and kind world. I mean, sometimes this world can be a hard place to live in and it can be really cruel, but I personally believe that you shouldn't allow the world to make you hard or let it take away from your gentle touch. Despite how you're feeling, you should always be kind and it's so important, especially right now. It's such a dark time that we're living in. Yeah. And you should just continue to be the gentle glow in the darkness. Definitely. I am the soft one. I always have been. Even when hands of stone shake my hands, I continue to be the gentle glow that finds her way through the night. Beautiful. Thank you. I actually saw this come up on my feed because I follow you on Instagram and I was like oh that is so so cute and very inspiring and like I said before to you I really enjoy cute little poems like this because it's like a little chunk of I don't know happiness that you can quick gobble down oh I like that little chunk of happiness yeah because sometimes some poems can be really drawn out they could be a whole epic you know they could be really long but this one is just, I would even have this framed up in my room or something like those kind of quotes to have around the house. But I really like how you compared the hands of someone that you're shaking of stone, because that just reminds me 
of a stone cold heart, someone that's very callous. So of course you're, you're talking about someone that you're meeting that can be very mean, very cruel, bitter. And then even though you come across someone like that, you're going to continue being the gentle glow. And I love alliteration. So I just love words that look like that. It's also aesthetically pleasing to read um, because all the words are around the same symmetrical line. That's just me. (laughs) Um, Also um, going on about the gentle glow, it reminds me of like the moon because I feel the moon glowing is a gentle kind of atmosphere when you look at it compared to the blazing sun. You you can't call that gentle. It's literally blinding. And it works perfectly because the moon does glow through the night and provide guidance. So this poem is very cute because I, I think anyone can really read it and understand exactly what you're saying. You're just saying that despite whoever you come across with, just be true to yourself, be the sweet, compassionate, loving person you are. And you're always going to attract people that way. People are attracted to that kind of glow that that's inside of you. So very inspiring for the difficult times I were in right now. I feel there's less compassion. There's a lot more hate. And I think for a world to be united, we definitely have to be more empathetic to one another and just really care. And I think this this poem exactly nails that. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, we're living in really dark times and you're going to meet people that are not so kind that are very callous and stone-like, but that does not mean that you can't be that gentle glow. You can't be that kind person, you know, that is the gentle glow in the night, like the moon. Exactly. So sweet. So that was a great poem. Now I want to talk about how do you even get in the zone? What, what are the steps that you take to write a poem like that? So, so like my writing process. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the process of writing a poem is to first allow my mind to be at ease, to get comfortable in my surroundings before I let any of the words flow. Sometimes I'll have music playing in the background like piano or instrumentals so I can really focus on my work. Some days a random word can inspire my poems and some days I can revisit old emotions I've had towards something and write from that. Um, Revisiting moments is definitely a big part of the process for me. Yeah, for me, I would say the same because I am able to write a poem more strongly than others when I'm referring to a close memory or an emotion that really moved me. It's just easier to draw from because all the emotions are there. They're easy to pick up and revisit all over again, opposed to something that you're not really familiar with. So I think the more involved you are with something the more connected you are to a certain thing you're just gonna find so much inspiration to write from that subject right absolutely another question for you do you prefer to write by hand or do you like to type on a computer Um, let's see I personally like to write by hand because I feel like it's more personal and Mm -hmm. it's it's from your heart onto the paper like it's literally coming from you Yeah. Um, Like we've talked about before, when you're writing by hand, you can literally see the emotion in the handwriting, right? So it adds more character to the story. But honestly, writing 
not by hand, like on your phone or on a computer, it's just convenient and quicker. But if you really want to get into it, definitely by hand. I agree with you. I feel when you're writing by hand in a journal or on a piece of paper, I think everyone's handwriting is almost like a fingerprint and you have a very distinct personality that can be seen just through the writing, the ways that you curve your C's and dot your I's, all those different things. They, they say a lot about the writer and perhaps even the emotion behind it. When I am really stressed out or in a very troubling mood, I do tend to press harder with my pen or pencil and you know, all my writings are much harsher. They're not really soft and, and pretty to look at. Right. To kind of explain. On top of that, like you said, if I need to write something down quick or I'm inspired and I don't have a notebook handy, it's much easier to just type in your phone on your notes section or grab your laptop and start typing away. Also, after a while, my hand does cramp from writing. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it is pretty convenient to just be able to type and, you know, extend your hands out. So they're not too sore because after a writing session, my hand will be sore and I, I need like a massage or something. It's very true. So like yeah. you go to the nail salon, they massage your hand. It's like, I'm, like, oh, oh, yes. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. <laughs> I need this hand massage right now. Yes, exactly. Okay. Another question for you. What obstacles do you come across while you're writing? That's a great question. I think one of the biggest obstacles for me that I come across while writing is not having the words match the idea that I have in my head for my poem. The words can flow, they can rhyme, or they can make perfect sense. But if it doesn't match the idea, I consider it a major obstacle for sure. Mm -hmm. I can see what you're saying with that. It's like you have this perfect concept in your head and it's just not translating well on the paper. Mm -hmm. I think I've experienced that as well. Another obstacle for me that I can think of easily is I'm writing and I just don't know how to rearrange my stanzas or, you know, right. I have this great line and I'm like, does it sound better at the beginning or at the end? Or should I leave it in the middle? And I'll be going through different drafts, trying to figure out which one conveys the meaning that I'm actually trying to say. And sometimes I'm stuck between two that I really like, and I don't know. So, right. And then I'll even catch myself trying, like if I come up with that too, where I have two poems with the same idea and which ones I like better, I'll try to mesh them together. And even that's frustrating because sometimes they just don't go like, yeah. you, can't, you know what I mean? You can't do it. Yeah. They don't flow together. No. So that's very frustrating. Sometimes I'll have a really long poem and as I'm writing it, I realize it's actually two and I'll split it up. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was kind of cool. I came up with two poems without oh, even yeah. trying. <laughs> Another question for you. How long does it take for you to finalize a poem? Well, honestly, my poems are pretty short. So to finalize one for me, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It could take like a day to a week to two weeks. Um, sometimes I even take long breaks, but to finalize a poem, it has to strike a nerve in me, whether that be pleasant or not. Mm -hmm. It has to make me feel something. And I really like to read my own work as an outsider, like somebody who's never read my poems before. And I try to reflect that way. And like I said, if it strikes a nerve in me or it makes me feel something, then I know it's finished. Yeah. 
I can see that. Yeah, I actually have a poet friend who kind of has the same idea as you. She says that it kind of has a punchline at the end. It kind of has to like, like you said, strike her or make her mm-hmm. feel some type of way. And that's how she knows that the poem is done. As for me, I kind of, it's weird. I, I'll write it and I'll have to read it back a couple of times. And then I typically send it out to other people for some feedback. And if they like it, then, you know, I decide to go ahead and publish it. But I feel like sometimes some of my poems don't feel finished and I'll still go through with publishing it anyways. Cause I know that I always have time to go revisit it and fix it up again. But I feel like even if you do post something on Instagram, it doesn't make it final. It just no. kind of feels final. Yeah. I always go back and revisit, but it is frustrating because you want to have the final product out there. You don't right. want to keep like putting something new up. Like that's literally different. like, no, your brain, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I want it to be finished, but like, even when you said you revisit things, or even if you post it and it's not really final yet, I'm always editing my Instagram page. I'm always thinking of new ideas and new ways. I can't just decide, you know, like, yeah, even if the poem is finished, I'll take it down and rewrite it. And I've actually seen your feed change because you used to have yeah. this whole other aesthetic and now it's completely different. I was like, oh, wow, she deleted everything and started from scratch. <laughs> like, I would love to do I that, but I just it. don't have, I don't know. I guess I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> I, I actually went over the summer. I just had over a thousand poems on my page and I had very little followers and I just didn't feel like it had enough pizzazz to it. Like I started adding photography as well, because that's another joy of mine is nature photography and things like that. So I wanted to incorporate the two and I figured that would be the best way to do it. You know, like post both of the things that I love poetry and photography. Yeah. So yeah. Photos. Did you take yourself? Yes. Okay. I did. Yeah, that's awesome because I even have a little disclaimer saying that all photos and every poem is written by me. Everything's by me. So I'm not taking some random photo from Tumblr and right. making it. So all those photos are mine. And a lot of them are vacation photos. I went to Barcelona last summer. So I, I got a lot of good pictures. I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be great for my poetry. Right. <laughs> it's going to look great with it. I absolutely love your page. Absolutely love it. It's beautiful. Thank you. I I try very hard, trust me. Hey, I mean, that's the struggle. Like we know how frustrating it is to get everything aesthetically pleasing. And then the readers looking like, oh wow, this is a great page. And then you're at home like, okay, like I posted this. This is what it is. But they're like, oh no, this is great. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) One last question for you. Sure. So do you show your work to others for revision? And this question is like controversial a little bit just because I know some poets, they're like, no, I'll never show it to anyone for revision. You know, it's for my eyes only or however I leave it, it's right. I don't need anyone to tell me that it's wrong and I have to edit it. And other people on the other spectrum, like me, like I like to get the feedback. Um, I have some friends that are really, really specific about punctuation but I feel with poetry punctuation is kind of like an art form so if you have everything uncapitalized or or vice versa it's part of the artistic form so it it doesn't have to be an Emily format right exactly (laughs) 
but yeah, I just was wondering if you are the type of poet that is comfortable showing their work to others to revise, or if you just kind of like to do it yourself. Sometimes it's both, but I usually do not show my work to others for a revision. Ultimately, it's my work. And if I feel that it fits, it fits. I just want to see if you think anything of it or if it hits you a certain way, but I don't usually have it revised. Yeah. No, I agree. I think mostly when I do send a poem, I'll send it just to see the feedback. Like, how does it make you feel? But I have one specific friend who is super good at English and I'm like, hey, is this on the present tense or is in the past tense? Or am I using the wrong word here? Am I actually using it in the wrong context? Things of that sort. Oh, yeah. and sometimes <laughs> I'll get crazy with the, you know, dictionary and I'm pulling different words and I'm like, wait, I completely use that word out of context. It doesn't work here. <laughs> and that's important. You know, sometimes you really do need that one person to read it over if you feel like it needs to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I wish I had you know, like a dictionary on hand that I could, I mean, I should, but. Oh, I'm just using the internet girl. You know, hey, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it is 2020. (laughs) I mean, but I'm kind of old school. So I do like to look in books and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, does anybody else know what a book is anymore? Like it's one of those things. Yeah, no, that kind of brings up the question, like is poetry dead or is it still alive? Which will be a future podcast, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's really rare to see people on a bus reading a book. It's now people on oh their phones, but you never know. They could be reading uh, an ebook on their phone, so we can't really it's judge true. I, I mean, like you said, that's a whole other podcast, but in short, I feel like poetry is not dead at all. Yeah. I feel like people just, you know, they're not really, well, no, I see a lot of poets every day on Instagram, but I feel like, I don't you know. I look don't, for it. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that it's like a big feature. I don't, but I don't think it's dead at yeah. all. There's a whole section of poetry at Barnes and Nobles and there's yeah. coming out, you know, every day. So, and it's like Christmas me including, me. I want to put my book out there too. So trust me, it is Absolutely. not dead. We are booming. We are <laughs> definitely. Well, those are all of my questions for this podcast Thank you so much, Kat, for joining me and talking to me about your writing process and sharing your poem. And I really hope that in the future we can do another one. I would absolutely love to. Perfect. Thank you guys for listening in to episode three. And until next time, I'm your host, Bevelizing Eyes. Thank you for listening in to Poetry Unraveled. Subscribe to my channel to keep up to date with new episodes. If you like what you heard, I would appreciate your rating. Until next time, I'm your host, Bevelizing Eyes.